Welcome to this mini-series called Sustainable Saturday with me, Bianca Foley. In this series, I'll be discussing sustainability in the fashion space. There are four episodes to listen to ahead of season six of Sustainably Influenced, which is coming very soon. Hope you enjoy. In this episode, I'm speaking with Gemma Matheringham, former creative director of Label Mix at Next. We're chatting about changes to the fashion industry over the past three decades and what exactly lies ahead. Label Mix is focused on building an online boutique, collaborating with emerging designers and talent, as well as discovering new independent and niche brands, showcasing what they do to new audiences. Through her personal Instagram, at thisoldthing2020, Gemma wants to challenge the concept of throwaway fashion, starting conversations about the relationship we have with the clothes that we wear. Let's get into the episode. So Gemma, thank you so, so much for joining me. So let's get into it. You've had a career that spans over two decades. Very, very impressive. Um, We were talking off camera and I was giving you a whole new title, but we won't say that on here. (laughs) (laughs) How has your kind of your relationship with clothes changed over the past 20 years? Well, you know what, it's really interesting. I just messed Bianca, so I've actually been working for over 30 years. How mad is that? It's like, oh my God. You know, I've loved fashion for the entirety of my life. Like, you know, I was that child that would only wear what she wanted to wear. I mean, I was the nightmare child, probably, from my poor parents when I think back. Um, I think the thing that I've I've noticed over the last 20 years, or I've been really struck by, is kind of pace of change um, and the way everything speeded up. And I do remember sort of sitting at my desk in the design studio in my previous job and sort of having this magazine in front of me and it says something like 357 trends that you have to know about today. And I felt like my heart just sank, you know? Like, I, I can't compute that, I can't comprehend it. 357 trends, like, what is that? Um, it's too much. So I think it's the pace of it, it's the pace of change. And also I think this idea of throwaway fashion and I, I meant to do some research over the weekend and I kind of didn't have enough time but I mean where did that term come from like where did throwaway come from as a concept and yeah I mean there are some there are some terrifying statistics aren't there you know we buy like I don't know five times as many clothes and we we wear them 70% less or something terrifying like that you know and if you compare us to the 1980s you know our wardrobes have quadrupled and I suppose the thing for me as a creative person, because that's originally my background, you know, I trained as a designer, there's so much love goes into making clothes, you know, from, I mean, right the way back from, you know, somebody's actually farming it. I watched this amazing video at the weekend about cashmere goats. Oh my God. You know, in Mongolia and these people's whole livelihoods, they're herding their goats. You know, right from the moment that somebody's herding that goat and, you know, hand combing it to get the cashmere out of it, there's love in that process. You know, there's a sort of husbandry about the animals. There's somebody spinning the yarn. You know, I've been to yarn mills. It's incredibly complicated to spin yarn, clean it. Somebody's designed something, you know, oh my God, the arguments that people have about designing clothes, you have no idea like how much there is, like passion, energy, persuasion um 
you know, the odd tantrum, like in the creative process in terms of kind of making something happen around clothes. So you've got all of that going on. You've got all the people that sew it. You've got the people that press it, pack it, ship it. People selling it in stores, online, packaging it up. You've got, you've got so many people touching it and putting love and energy into creating the things we're wearing. And then I, it just strikes me as, you know, tragic, sad, heartbreaking, kind of wasteful that it might not get worn at all, get worn once and get thrown away. I, it is really, really distressing to know that, to think it's, as you said, it's not just... I've bought this top and this top, I wanted it for now and then I'm never going to wear it again. People need to think further back. It's, it does bring into kind of bring to the forefront who made my clothes and it takes you back and it create, makes those people human and gives them a story. And I think that's what a lot of us have kind of detached fashion from. There are still people involved in the process. The clothes just, just don't mag magically come into being. And I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, I mean, I think that's probably the same in lots of things in our lives, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. I'm talking to you on an iPhone. I have no idea how an iPhone works. It's like the dark arts to me, you know, <laughs> it'd be magic, really. Um, so I think you don't know how, you know, very many things in our lives are made anymore. And we've kind of lost touch with that. And I think that's something that the whole right to repair movement is all about is, you know, we have a right to understand how things work and we have a right to be able to repair them rather than just casting them off. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know, you know, if I think back to my mum, who would definitely be your grandparents' generation, um, you know, my mum made stuff and certainly my grandmother, my mum's mum and her sisters were, you know, they, they could tailor clothes, you know, they made clothes, they made clothes for their kids, they made clothes for themselves, they could alter things. My mum was quite bohemian, so she was quite ad hoc in her sewing skills, you know, she made me some lovely things and she did make me some really crazy things that I was a bit like, do I have to wear it? Um, <laughs> But, you know, people knew how to make things. And I think if you know how to make something, you have a, a different level of connection with what's gone into it. And therefore, it has a different intrinsic value for you. Definitely. 100% agree with you on that. Um, one of the things I'm kind of interested in is actually certainly where I live in Dalston, there are lots of, and Hackney, there are lots of businesses now starting up where they're teaching people to knit, they teach people to sew. You know, there are sewing shops, sewing classes, community-based sewing projects. So I think there's the revival of interest in people, which I think is really encouraging in actually how things are made. Definitely. And it's, I'm kind of glad that repairing has become trendy again, if that makes sense. It yeah. makes me happy because I was always taught how to do things. I mean, so I can repair my clothes, I can fix and sew a button and do all these just simple little darning things that you need to do to fix and mend your clothes so that you can keep them and have them in pristine condition for a long time but I look at there's a lot of people around me that are like oh no there's a button missing I'll just give it away like what why would you not why would you not fix it, it, it everything comes with spare buttons just fix it <laughs> people don't have Absolutely. yeah, yeah. People, people need to people need to do these things I'm glad that there's this revival and I'm glad that it is suddenly so very trendy but I hope that the trend remains if that makes sense that it becomes normal life rather than just a trend yeah but I think it's interesting because I, I mean I'm, I really love I mean one of the things I really really love Instagram I, I get that it has a really bad press because it kind of promotes this idealized lifestyle and people 
you know, I can see that that can be really stressful, but creatively it's the most amazing tool for finding people um, and for finding different things. So, I mean, there's so much amazing mending going on on Instagram, isn't there? And, you know, Incredible. I watch out for N birds and Made in Brooklyn and Celia Pym, and I'm so inspired. I mean, the men's are so beautiful. Um, my standards are not great at the moment, but practice makes perfect, or maybe never perfect, but, you know. That's another conversation. Um, but I think what it made me realise as well is like nothing wears out. Yeah. You know, when I, I, I have a pair of jeans that are literally wearing out. Um, and they were quite distressed when I bought them, you know, so they had rips in them and they were quite faded and they are now six, seven years on wearing out on me and I'm starting to repair them. But it really made me think there's nothing to repair. Yeah. When did I last wear anything out? I mean, I just don't this is it and I think that we are we've all kind of we're so used to being able to buy that we we forget about fixing and I guess the past what 18 months as I keep saying it well, I'm calling it the blip um, it's just happened it's happened it's fine um the 18 the past 18 months have been very difficult for so many people because they wanted to have that that feeling of getting something new but it's that idea it's kind of battling your head and your heart essentially saying if I buy something, where am I going? Really? Where am I going? Where am I wearing it? And I think a lot of people have picked up doing these, these things like mending and learning to sew again and learning to upcycle and change their clothing so that it's, it becomes something new and they get a new love for it. And I'm really happy to see how people's, like, especially consumers, um, minds are shifting away from buying something new just for the sake of it. I think the great thing is actually that we're having the conversation, isn't it? And that we're thinking about it. I, I think it's, it's a really good thing even just to become aware. It's Definitely. a little bit like in the food movement, isn't it? You know, there's so much talk in the food movement about the provenance of what you buy. Is it organic? Is it free range? Is it grown locally? Um, you know, we have this thing called Oddbox, which is about sort of saving unwanted fruit and vegetables, which I think is brilliant because there's so much waste. So I think, you know, the pandemic's been devastating for so many people on so many levels. And I don't, you know, I, I think it's also given us all some time to think, hasn't it? And I think the thinking time and the pause is very good because I think quite often you can be hooked into sort of a, a bit of a relentless churn of life. Yeah. And having to stop and take a bit of a breather gives, gives you time to think about what's important. Definitely. I think so many people have gone through that. A lot of people have, I've seen a shift in people that have always been caught up in the rat race and always been thinking, oh, well, I'll, I'll never, I'll never move out of London. I'll never do this. I'll never do that. And they've uprooted their entire lives, moved out, left their jobs, adopted a whole new way of living. And it's, as you said, having that pause has been so, so important. Well, moving on to the second question. So attitudes towards shopping are changing with more consumers favoring sustainably made clothing over kind of that throwaway fashion. Where would you like to see fashion? Where would you like to see the fashion industry get to in the next 20 years? Well, that, that's, that is a way, 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 way bigger question than, than <laughs> I would even know, Bianca, I think. I think... Um, you know, you, you can't predict, can you, where society is going to go? You can't predict what innovations are going to take off. And I think there are so many really interesting and exciting things happening at the moment um, around, you know, being able to recycle things. I mean, it is, I, I read somewhere that they're 
they're building a recycling plant in Australia to turn cotton into viscose. Oh, wow. And basically, one tonne of cotton can be recycled into basically one tonne of viscose. And that would, you know, because one is, you know, there are so many things about sort of, there's so many things about the fashion industry consuming, aren't there? Consuming mm. resources. And I think we're going to see a period of like lots of innovation and lots of change around how we make things and how we do things. And then I think as consumers, but was it IKEA where they said that we've reached sort of peak stuff? Yes, I think it was IKEA. I want to say yes, because I'm sure I read something the other day about this. Okay, we've maybe reached to some degree peak clothes. I don't know if you, because what brought you into this, Bianca? What kind of got you thinking about as the sustainability piece? Doing this, doing this job, really, doing this job is what kind of did it to me. And I started to realise, I was like, I'm not particularly well-known or I'm not a big influencer or content creator. And it was the number of packages that I was getting that was really frustrating me. And recycling and getting rid of all the packaging. And I found it so overwhelming and I kept thinking to myself, but what if I want to refuse some of these things? What if I want to say to a brand or to a PR, I don't want this. I don't want this gifting. Or could you please just keep it in the office and I'll pick it up when I'm out and about. And people were, I found that some people did push back on things. All these little things kind of totted up to me. I was like, oh, okay. And then around the same time, I had started my own business where um, off the back of wanting to buy a white T-shirt on a very popular website that we shan't name <laughs> and that I just typed in white tea or like perfect white tea and 18 pages came up and I found that really distressing because there was way too much choice and every brand had its version of the perfect white t-shirt even though some of them had like slits in them and rips in them and just wanted a plain white t-shirt and it made it led me to start my company that was focused around having less and wearing more and having a curated wardrobe of pieces that you could literally interchange and wear all the time. Literally, my thing was like, wear the clothes to death. <laughs> wear, it till, yeah, till, wear it till they're threadbare. Wear it till you can't wear it anymore. Yeah. That's how I got into this. That's what started me thinking about all of this and this journey. Because I think it's interesting just listening to you. I was thinking, I actually, I picked this shirt specially today because I bought this shirt when I was at college. Oh, wow. So this shirt is from the 80s. Love it. And it's Catherine Hamlet. And I've always kept it because for me, buying this shirt was like this epic moment. You know, Catherine Hamlet was my design hero. She was amazing. I queued up outside her shop to buy it in the sale. Like I was, you know, not first in the queue even, but I mean, like quite early in the morning, I queued up to kind of go and buy this shirt. And I've always kept it. And I think for me... I think you should fall in love with clothes, really, mm. because clothes are so much part of our personality, aren't they? You know, the thing I love about fashion, I've always loved, is people watching. I absolutely love, love, love people watching. And actually, that's one of the things, to some degree, I've missed the most in the sort of lockdown, is actually seeing people and people when they're dressed up and, you know, going out for dinner and seeing what people wear and the energy, because it's a big statement that we make about oh, ourselves. And I think at some point, you know, you asked me what's to change. I think at some point we just started buying stuff and things rather than anticipating and saving up and waiting and, you know, buying something that we just absolutely fall in love with. This, it's, just, it's just so important, I think. And I think we forget 
we, we often forget that like we going back to the start of our conversation where there's a story there and there's a journey and somebody made something. And I think if people are given the opportunity to fall in love with the item of clothing on a different level, then it, and it will enable them to be able to keep the pieces for longer. And I think you've, you've yeah, formed that attachment. Think, one of the things that I'm really struck by is for me, clothes hold memories. You know, I think we create stories in clothes and clothes hold memories. So you know, the way you can hear a piece of music and it takes you back to being 16 or on a particular holiday or a particular person that, you know, you thought was amazing at the, you know, particular romance or whatever it is, you know, yeah. music will do that. And I think clothes do that as well. Definitely. So I think, you know, if you really, you know, if you keep your clothes, your clothes also hold your memories and they kind of hold who you are. And I think there's something really, really beautiful about that. So I, I did a post recently because I kind of kept my wedding dress. Obviously, I, obviously, I don't know if it's obvious, actually. I kept my wedding dress. And my wedding dress is made of vintage scarves and a friend made it for me. And I was just asking people, you know, how many people keep their wedding dresses? But so many people keep their wedding dresses. I think everyone would keep their, most people I know would keep their wedding dresses. Yeah. And then there's other bits, aren't there? Like I've got the dress that I wore when my dad got remarried and I kind of don't know what to do with that. And I literally only just gave away. A friend of mine got married in Singapore and I bought a beautiful Mew Mew dress to go to her wedding. And it doesn't fit, didn't fit me at all. And I mean, there was like literally no way I was ever going to wear it again. But I, I kind of didn't want to get rid of it unless I knew it could go to a good home. Yeah. yeah. Like a pet, you know, like I wanted to rehouse it. Was I was going to say, love it. yeah, you need to rehouse items like that, don't yeah. you? It's not just about selling it or giving it away. You have to vet the people first, almost no smokers, no pets. <laughs> so that, do you want it? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to have fun in this dress? You know, actually, are you going to wear it? And are you going to love it the way I loved it? It's kind of, it's quite an emotional thing, I think. Okay. And then the other thing I love, because it's something I've been thinking about is, you know, we make fashion when we wear clothes or people make mm. fashion when they wear clothes. I like and, that. That's yeah, a, it's really interesting, isn't it? That's a good little one-liner, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot over the weekend. I was thinking, you know, we actually make the fashion when we wear clothes. People make fashion. And when you look at fashion movements in the past, say before 2000, they were really quite cultural and they were about, you know, being part of a tribe or a gang or, you know, the emancipation of women or, you know, like they were big fashion movements that were about kind of how people wore clothes. And I think one of the things that's changed is still a bit intellectual, Bianca, so bear with me. Oh, I love it. I love it. um, I think that clothes, fashion sort of imposed on you when it's 257 trends. Mm. And I think what's interesting about clothes, actually, is the way people choose to wear them, which is what you just said. I really loved the way you said, you know, know, you're kind of carving a slightly different path in terms of how you put clothes together. Mm. It's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? We all, we were, I was having this discussion on a podcast recording we were doing and we were saying that it's all well and good. We get these items. We think to ourselves, oh, I don't love this anymore. So I'm going to give it to somebody else. And then your sister, your cousin, whoever gets it, wears it completely differently to you. And it looks phenomenal. And you think to yourself, oh, I should have kept it. (laughs) Should have kept it. Oh, damn. But it's that thing. It's so personal. It's a personal thing. It's how you want to wear it. It's how you want to be uh, to be perceived and it's how you want to express yourself it's a very yeah. very personal thing and somehow it's emotional isn't it you mm. know it's also like um 
you get an emotional response, I think, when you put clothes on. You know, some clothes feel right and some clothes don't. Definitely. I think it's, it's you can tell when you're wearing something that you like, especially I can because my whole, my whole demeanour is completely different. I am the most confident person in the world when I know I'm wearing a good outfit or when I feel great. So I'm just like, yep, completely different when something is uncomfortable or doesn't fit properly. Like at the moment, good old lockdown, I didn't put down a fork, I just kept eating. And I don't fit in half my clothes at the moment. So when I put certain things on, I'm like, I'm trying to breathe and I'm shuffling and I'm, <sighs> but it's, and I can feel the difference in me. Things that I used to love and that used to make me feel incredible at the moment don't. So I have to kind of correct that. <laughs> Moving on, what do you think about eco collections being released by fashion brands like High Street, fast fashion brands? Is it a step in the right direction? I think... I think it's all steps in the right direction isn't it and you know mm. one of the things that I you know I love is how much more aware of all of those things we are I mean again just the fact that you and I are sitting here having this conversation and the fact that you can find so much about sustainable sustainability out you know so many conversations about sustainability on Instagram so many businesses having conversations I think it's really important that we're all talking about it and that people are looking at it mm. because, you know, I mean, it's a bigger problem than just fashion, isn't it? You know, the thing for me now is, you know, like our impact on the planet and changing our behaviours so that we impact the planet less is the most important single thing. Definitely. Um, so I think all, all, converse, all conversation for me is good and I think we should encourage you know encourage all of those conversations because I think it will build our awareness and you know ultimately for me we've all got choices as in as individual human beings and I think sometimes you can feel quite powerless you know like in the face of it all and you know you think well the world's got to, you know somebody's somebody's got to change things for the better you know somebody's yeah. got to make a difference somebody's got to do something and then you think well we can all do stuff definitely everybody everybody can do something yeah and if we all change you know if we all change our behaviors that makes a difference so I am joining you in your nothing I mean I've been trying to buy nothing new and then when you try and buy nothing new you realize just like how much new stuff you actually buy yeah um but I'm definitely going to do the next three months so June July and August Bianca I'm joining you on that journey Good, good, good. There's a couple of bits that I did want to get, and I was like, oh, no, I've gone and committed to this now. So I know. I think it's really powerful, actually, when you make the commitment publicly, isn't it? Yeah, I think it makes you hold, it makes you hold yourself more accountable. And, yeah, I mean, best yet, it's fascinating, isn't it? How much stuff there is that nobody's worn with the tags on? Yeah, definitely. There's so, there's so, so much. I can't remember what the statistic is, but I think they're saying that the secondhand market will, will grow by like two or three hundred percent in the next five years so yeah. more and more people will be shopping secondhand as a primary kind of shopping yeah I did read that they think something like by 2030 it will be as big as the um and I, I put inverted commas around this because fast the fast fashion market yeah. I'm never quite 100 percent sure in terms of what that that term is and I have googled it a few times to look it up but yeah, I think that's really interesting, isn't it? And I suppose that's mm. where peak stuff kind of comes in a bit, doesn't it? Because there's an awful lot of stuff in the world that hasn't, you know, as you and I said, hasn't been worn very much, definitely isn't worn out. Mm. 
is really nice quality actually and is available to buy second hand which is fascinating and way way better than somebody you know throwing it away because there's scary statistics as well aren't there about you know clothes we throw away mostly don't get recycled yeah that's what's really scary I think and so many people don't realize it that when you're giving it to these recycling banks or whatever so much of it isn't actually getting recycled yeah most of it goes to landfill or gets burned doesn't it yeah which is really 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 sad I think and I read somewhere and I don't kind of you know it's another one of those things I've read so please don't take this as gospel but something like 85 percent of cars can be recycled really and uh, yeah and are being recycled and there's quite a big industry growing up in America of kind of small businesses of people who recycle cars oh amazing that's quite big chunks of it so I think you know there's lots of great stuff happening isn't there around sort of recycling secondhand market you know lots and lots of innovation and invention it is phenomenal I find it really really fascinating but um moving on to our last question so what tips can you give those watching about changing their attitudes towards how they consume fashion I think oh it's like there's tons aren't there I mean for me I think just being aware you know just being in the conversation talking to people about it makes a huge difference yeah I think just the fact that you start to think because I think that um I don't know about you, but, you know, one of the things for me was sort of sitting on the sofa in the evening, maybe, you know, Mm. watching the TV and scrolling on my phone as well. And sort of particularly probably after a glass of wine, you know, that becomes (laughs) really quite easy. And, you know, just like sort of very impulsive sort of, oh, well, you know, I've had a bad day. I'll buy it. I need I need a treat, you know, whatever. So I think just the fact of sort of thinking about it, I think also for me, what's been fascinating is actually really thinking about what I have got in my wardrobe. Yeah, same. And just being aware of that. And I, I did do some terrifying, you know, counting up, which was really like, oh, my God, really? Do I own that many clothes? Shit. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. So I think just knowing, because I think when you know what you've got, you can start to think about, am I really going to wear it? If I don't wear it, why don't I wear it? And, you know, is there, I can't remember what the statistics are again, but there's some really scary statistics about the amount of clothes we have that we don't wear. Yeah. And, you know, you find yourself suddenly, because it's a trend, craving a particular kind of printed shirt. And, you you know, if you really went and looked in your wardrobe, do you have something like that already? Yeah, you exactly. Might. Do you already own something exactly like it? Or yeah. is, there, is there in a family member's wardrobe? Because fashion's recycled anyway. They recycle all the prints, trends, everything. Yeah. Comes back around. Has somebody else got a lovely piece from way back when that you could borrow or you can take? that means that you're not buying from something new. My only problem, my problem with all of that is, the one thing that I always say is like, it's all well and good me taking from somebody else, but it's still getting made at the same volume. So there's, there's still an impact there. So yeah. That's, that's, that's one thing I want to, I kind of want to lobby against is how much is produced of certain yeah. pieces. And again, I think, you know, as customers, as consumers, I I went to a lecture and Sarah Moe was speaking and she talked about being a citizen consumer. And I think we underestimate our power in terms of, you know, the things we choose and the things, you know, the choices we make will impact people's decisions. Mm. Businesses want to sell stuff. So if we all start buying a particular thing, you know, businesses will focus there. They will. They focus their efforts, you know. 
I know this is going to sound kind of mad, but, you know, there was a point, wasn't there, when people in the UK really didn't drink coffee very much. Yeah. You know, we really did drink cups of tea. Yep, and now everybody's a, a coffee aficionado. Me yeah, absolutely. And that's a whole different slant to an industry that, you know, didn't used to be there. Yeah, because as, as you said, it's cultural as well. Everything definitely, changes. Definitely. definitely. I'm reading the most amazing book, actually, called Affluenza. Okay. I don't know if you've read it. I think if it's really, really interesting. But he talks a lot about that, how the prevailing culture drives our behaviours. But we actually do create the culture ourselves, you know, in the behaviours that we are what we adopt. Oh, so yeah. I think definitely know what's in your wardrobe. I also think, you know, it's that thing about, you know, do I really love it? Mm. And when I put it on, does it really make me feel good? Do I have that, like, you know, that moment of instant sort of sparkly connection with it? And I think that that's a really nice place to end. <laughs> so thank you so, so much for joining me. It's oh, been an absolute pleasure. Such, such a lovely conversation. Like, so, so, so nice to talk to you. I've really oh, enjoyed it. So I much. want to have a proper cup of tea with you some point now. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do that in real life soon. <laughs> yeah, I'd really like that. That'd be amazing. Thanks so much to my guest today. I've linked the full interview in the show notes if you want to have a watch. Please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Sustainably Influenced. Season five of Sustainably Influenced is available to listen now on all good podcast platforms. Thank you so much for listening.